welcome to another episode of Shout Out to Help Out. I'm your host, Steve Price, Creative Director of Plan B Studio, a design and branding agency based in London, working with clients all over the world from the Ivory Coast to LA and Norway. Tonight, I've invited a new client of mine, uh, an old friend, to come on the show from the beautiful, clean, freshly brewed land of fish, oil, and everything expensive. I'm talking, of course, of Norway. Um, so please welcome to the show the puppet master, actor extraordinaire, Dominika Sira. Hello, everyone. So today's guest is a professional actor and puppeteer with a master's degree from the Theatre of University, AST, in Poland. Her field of expertise is acting, mask acting, physical theatre, song, puppetry, directing and teaching. She hosts workshops for professional artists and amateurs. She runs a performing arts company called Open Window Theatre, based in Bergen in Norway. An international project, connecting and collaborating with artists across the globe, producing family performances filled with humour and warmth. to create figure theatre with a modern feel based on interaction between puppetry, acting, music, sound and image and lots of bright, colourful sets, characters and dressing up, it seems. Well, some say that this podcast is hosted by a Muppet, but don't listen to them. Uh, Welcome to the show, Dominika. Now, for the purposes of everyone at home, where are you right now? What is the view from your nearest window? And because I'm British, I have to ask you, how is the weather? Uh, what can I say? Actually, I think that we are quite lucky today because it's not raining. <laughs> yes, but it's but it's a bit dark, so it's a nice mix, let's say. But you know, you know Norway, you know Bergen, so actually I can't complain today. I can see some sun. Yes, it's good enough. For anyone that doesn't know, Bergen has a habit of raining quite a lot because it is a coastal city. So there you go. Straight into the first question, I think, Dominika. What do you do? I do the theater and I do the puppet theater. And I know that uh, a lot of people actually quite uh, don't know what, what we actually do, all the puppeteers. So uh, I think that it's nice that we can have this uh, conversation now because maybe some of you will uh, actually um get this need and uh, to to explore puppet theater or go and see some performances and maybe yeah learn a bit more more about it yeah i mean there's there's probably preconceptions very traditional ideas of what puppet theater is it's either a war horse or the muppets or it's punch and judy but your style of performance and theater is way more contemporary and modern i think that in uh, most of the countries people have this general idea of a puppet theater that is connected to a muppet show and the puppets made up of out of socks and and so on but uh, of course there are a lot of theater groups and small theaters and bigger theaters uh, in europe and not only that uh, do the puppet theater or as i also call it uh, object figure theater a bit more than just puppets or dolls but it's much bigger than uh, most of people think it actually is i don't i think you were probably the first person or performance I saw uh, I saw Snill I think when I was in Bergen I think I, I brought Enzo my son and it was probably the first puppet show I'd ever been to I'd never been to a Punch and Judy show or if I had I didn't remember it and it is a completely different experience but how did you how, how did you how do you get into into puppets and puppet theatre I mean what, what what led you into it what what inspired you this was actually quite of a coincidence because uh 
since I was a small girl, I always want, always wanted to be on the stage and uh, be an actress. And my father is a musician, and he was working in a theater, like musical theater. So I was uh, I was there many times, uh, backstage or sitting with him, talking to artists, so on. So I was I was really into it from the like early years. And um, when I was a teenager, I uh, participated in, of course, like many uh, school shows and school festivals, art and theater and dance and song festivals, yeah, a lot of it. And and I was also uh, a part of the theater school for teenagers that was preparing uh, young people to the exams to the theater academy. So the, the first and the main idea was, of course, to be an actress. But uh, what happened <laughs> during the exams was, of course, that they told me that you are wonderful. You are really talented, Dominica, but you are too small because I'm 150 tall. And then my world collapsed totally, but I got this information. Hey, you know that there is this puppet theater uh, school as well. That is kind of a part of the theater academy, but that is uh, focused not only on acting, but on acting and puppetry. So I thought, okay, why not? It's still theater school, so I can still learn something and maybe I will try to, yeah, maybe I will, uh, maybe it will bring some new ideas. And this is what happened. So I started studying uh, in the theater academy in, in the puppet department, let's say so. And uh, that's how it started. And I found it really, really interesting because, of course, uh, the first years we learned a lot about uh, different types of puppets, marionettes and, and so on. And, but then suddenly there appeared like many different forms that were uh, totally new for me, like different types of masks that you can use, different types of odd objects that you can use on the stage that can, that can be a part of the performance, a part of the storytelling and so on. So I uh, really found it super interesting and I really liked this combination of uh, being an actor on the stage because you can of course combine uh, being an actor on stage and being a puppeteer and I was always interested in the physical theater, in the body movement and in the movement uh, itself. So I found it really uh, super interesting that you can connect all uh, these forms and that's how it started. Did you feel like, um, given, given that you wanted to be, you know, just, just a straight actress and then you went to the puppet kind of school and did, did, did it take you a while to think, okay, was it natural progression for you? Yes, definitely. But I was quite skeptical in the beginning or when I finished the, the theatre academy, I was uh, skeptical to uh, having a job in the, in the theatre, like puppet theatre, because Poland has this long tradition for the puppet theatre and uh, most of the students, uh, they get jobs in the big theatres where they work with the puppet theatre, but quite often it's this traditional puppet theatre that I actually, I like, I like to watch it, but I, I'm not that interested in uh, doing it myself. So when I finished studies, I, I was like quite lost because it's not easy to start your own company and to work for your for your own but I definitely didn't want to be a part of the big institution that produces uh, performances that yeah I didn't I, there, there there were many of them that I really didn't like so I was uh, I was really skeptical and that's why I guess uh, I, I I got this idea after a few years to to start my own theater company like puppet theater company let's say and just use use what I really like in it and work with the people I like. I uh, uh, work with artists that make things that I also feel are a part of my vision of the theatre. I suppose it helps maybe that, like you said, you came from a, a family that was 
used to performance and, and maybe some theatre and, and music and you know I, I can imagine that some kids would go home and go I want to be an actor and they go oh god and then you came home and went I wanted to be an actor but now I'm going to be a puppet master and you know was it was there scepticism from from that family support as well as to how you know they're always kind of like well how are you going to earn money how are you going to get a job was it did that scare you when you left you know studying I think that this question how how can you survive doing this it's mostly uh, my friends and my friends' parents uh, and so on. But my family uh, has always supported me. So they always told me, Dominika, it's your life. It's your choice. Uh, do what you want. Feel free. So I never had this feeling that, uh, that they uh, think it's a bad idea. Shout out to Help Out is for graduates entering the creative industries unsure of where to start, for anyone employed in the creative sector worried about their job, or for anyone who's just struggling due to COVID-19. It, it wasn't my idea, it was Laura's. Well, Laura's the one that drew the cock on my neck at Silicon Beach, so. But of course, the, to be an artist is difficult everywhere. In Poland, in Norway, in uh, England, everywhere. So I think that everybody struggles. It's not easy. And uh, yeah. Kind of going back to, I suppose, after you graduated and you did your master's, you said, I, I imagine it was hard in the beginning, but what inspired you to move to Norway? Was it the, the call of the fish and the <laughs> sovereign fund and the promise of, you know, a bulging kind of culture? Uh, sector or was it was it something oh, else the reason why i moved to norway was uh, totally different of course it was love that brought me here uh, my husband that is norwegian <laughs> so i i had no choice because of course it it wouldn't be possible for us to move back to poland so uh, so that's how i moved to uh, to norway and uh, yeah the weather is uh, terrible i i'm not used to it after 13 years it's still same it's, it's, it's not good, but uh, okay, we have to just uh, go on. Uh, and that's how I, how I appeared here in Norway. And this was also like the next step in, step in my life because I moved abroad. And uh, in my mind, like what I, what I learned at school was that the language is really important, especially when you are uh, an artist or an actor on the stage. The language is like one, one of the mo most important tools. So I couldn't imagine myself that I could work in a theater here because it was like, I don't speak Norwegian, right? So, uh, so it took me a few years before I actually uh, felt strong enough to, to just uh, grab the moment and uh, do what I want to do. So I really, because I've really felt this need to work with art and theater again, even if it was here, even if I knew that I kind of can't find myself between the Norwegian artists or on Norwegian stages. And that's how this idea to uh, open window theater appeared. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess build those network connections and collaborations with people from Poland and Norway and other countries as well. I mean, um, is that something that you want to continue to build on? Obviously, is it is it something that that collaboration of, of mixing cultures and people? Yes, I think so. And I, I, I definitely think that it's something really, really positive because uh, at some point I felt this uh, need to create something, but I uh, couldn't actually find the uh, partners in, in Norway or I, uh, because the, the Norwegian puppet theater is, uh, is much smaller and the tradition is not that uh, long and strong. So of course, the first thing I got on my mind was to get in touch with my old friends and uh, create something together. And I actually didn't have any like concrete 
visions or plans. I just wanted to make uh, my first performance. Yeah. And, and I uh, started to talk with people and uh, I found partners and uh, people I wanted to work with that I really, people that uh, make things that I really, really like myself, as I said. And that's how it started. And, and after a quite short time, I found out that it wasn't a bad idea, <laughs> not at all. And that this uh, collaboration really... Uh, gives us new possibilities and uh, the things that we can uh, create together can be really uh, interesting and uh, valuable for the audience in Norway and not only. So uh, so this uh, international collaboration is really uh, important here because this exchange of our experiences and how we see things and how we think about art and theater and when we talk together and discuss things, there are always new 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 things that uh, that appear and new things that we discover together yeah and then uh, gives us new possibilities to create uh, things that are special and unique i guess i hope so and that first show that you did i'm going to assume was that in norwegian yes this one was in norwegian because i learned norwegian of course uh, after a few years i speak norwegian uh, with no problem but but still i don't feel that it's like the language that i would like to use on the stage all the time and yeah this is one thing and the second thing is that the productions we make because of we do because of this that we don't use that much uh, words uh, that much language in our productions they uh, get more universal and it's easier to present them to uh, to the audiences in uh, different countries but the one that you saw was actually with uh, quite a lot of text in Norwegian because this performance is based on the Norwegian book written by Grudale very very <laughs> Valdi, very popular Scandinavian uh, writer, and uh, we needed this text because it's really good. It was uh, Aril Brakstad in that? Aril Brakstad was in the next performance, Gregor Grinebiter. Yeah, it was the next one with quite a lot of text as well. But uh, our, our next productions are different. But I think it's for 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 a creative person. I mean, I, I know I lived in Norway for a while, but I didn't really learn the language very well, being an ignorant English person. For someone like yourself that is not just creative, but in the performing arts, um, does is there an inner conflict with yourself? Like, you know, do you like in your head are you performing in Norwegian or Polish and then Norwegian? And do you know what I mean? Is that that whole expression thing of being on stage and expressing yourself, whether it's a little bit of text or some text or no text, um, do you find it? Do you find? I know you may have got used to it, but do you find it unusual to do it in a in a third language? Yeah, actually, it's it's not that easy. It's it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling when you when you prepare yourself uh, when you when you uh, rehearse the text or when you work uh, on the performance and you work with people from different countries and you mix languages, suddenly it's just like a soup of everything, you know, at once. But I uh, got used to Norwegian language and sometimes I, I, I can hear it in my mind that I think in Norwegian. But it depends, it depends. Full disclosure to all of the many millions of listeners that are obviously listening to this podcast, but um, I've I've known uh, Dominika for a few years now and I've I had the pleasure of, you know, working with your husband, Jon Eric, who also works in theatre as a talented lighting director. With you, both of you working in theatre, uh, like how, how do you find that balance of work and rehearsals and shows and tours when, when they're happening, like with, you know, home life and parenting? Because you have a young son, right? Yes, we do. We have a son, he's 10 years old and it's challenging. It is sometimes, uh, yeah. 
You just employ him. So so Yonera gets him to do the lighting and you get him to do some painting and, you know, just get him involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He helped us. He helped us uh, a bit. And I, I think he finds it uh, finds it interesting. But yeah, when it comes to touring and traveling and uh, so on, it, sometimes it's really difficult. But uh, we manage somehow. We get help from, uh, from uh, our family and friends. Uh, but the most important thing here, I guess, is that we really love our jobs, you know, and it's really interesting. Mm. So it's not that, and because of we do kind of this, kind of the same, let's say, we always have something uh, interesting to talk about. And it's not that we come back from home, uh, from work, uh, we come back home from work and, and we just start to talk about something else. And yeah, so there's also, it's like 24 7 talking, uh, thinking, doing something that is connected uh, to our jobs, but it's really fun and it's really interesting. So uh, it's not that I actually, I don't feel bored. I don't feel uh, depressed or stressed, or of course I feel stressed sometimes, but uh, first of all, it's, uh, it's, it gives us uh, a lot of joy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen you perform, you know, the trailer for your uh, upcoming show. I just wondered whether, you know, story time at bedtime for your son must be amazing because I'm assuming you perform every night. It's mostly, no, it's mostly him, him performing at home. Moving on, on, on your website, uh, you say that in our company, we strongly believe that everybody deserves to experience art no matter what the age. And children, I don't know, maybe your son's 10, so he, he might be using some games and social media and iPads, but, you know, kids are consumed with digital media at the moment. And um, do you think that they're losing the art of performance or that connection with performance? performance and theatre and, and is what you're trying to do trying to recapture that or reach more children at a younger age so that they can ex be exposed to the wonders of theatre and performance art of course of course but the, the the first thing I want to say is that like in general people don't go to the theatre that often it's it's not that popular or maybe they don't have, have access or they haven't been taught uh, so it's like, uh, or the, the offer is not good enough, you know, and uh, they are not inspired. They didn't get the chance to get inspired by the theater. And even our friends, like quite close friends, they, they don't go to the theater. People really often ask me like, but what do you do? What is your job actually, you know? And, uh, and I think that uh, when it comes to children, yeah. when we think about playing games and uh, using uh, computers and watching TV, you know, it's like movies and cinema that took over. But actually, when you when you think about it, it's like the theater that was first and the, and the cinema and what they see on the screen. It's like an extension of theater. So it's quite sad, you know, that media took over. But uh, I really hope that uh, theater is doing quite OK and then it's going to be better and better and that uh, it will be more and more popular. Because children, you know, they 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 sing songs, they uh, read books, they jump, they play, they they talk, they they dance, and and so on. And all these things you find in theater, and you get this connection with the people on the stage and with people sitting next to you in this uh, in this really social. So it, it's really sad that uh, it's kind of like forgotten. Uh, so well, you're, you're reinvigorating it, right? That's my goal. 
that's my goal. I mean, I, I've noticed from a lot, a lot of your performances, it seems some of them are based on books. Some of them are, I don't know, like stories that, that you write yourself. Or um, I think from a from a creative point of view, it's it's always quite fascinating to learn, especially from a, a different discipline like yours, like performing arts. You know, how does that process work? Do you come up with ideas and write the screenplays yourself if they're not based on a book? Or do you produce them? Do directors approach you? Or, or you know, do, do you find the stories or do they find you? What, what's that process? Uh, it, it really depends. Sometimes it's the director that uh, has the idea. Sometimes it's um, it's me. Sometimes it's spending a lot of hours sitting and discussing about what we would like to do. Because, of course, it's like uh, to make a performance, it's a bit complex task. And there are many people that are involved. And me as an actress and puppeteer, I know that uh, I'm good in this. But I know that I'm not good in that. And this collaboration for me is really important. So when we produce performances, uh, we find people that are really specialized in uh, what they do, like the director that is an educated uh, director and knows how to work with the puppet theater and the scenographer that knows how to build and make scenography, how to draw the drawings and how to uh, create the puppets or masks and uh, what kind of fabrics and fabrics to use. So yeah, it's many people that are involved and it, it's a long process where we develop the ideas uh, together mostly. And of course, yeah, and uh, mostly we use books. We, we base our performances on the stories that already exist. Because it's also nice and it's important to lift the, the books, you know, because if you have a, a book that is popular and you know that uh, many people have read this book, it's really uh, interesting to show them how, how you can use a book and use the story and make it into a theater performance. And it's really interesting for the authors, for the writers as well. And is it is it easy or difficult to get the permission sometimes, or do they have to, you know, be involved or like the the authors of the book? Yeah, uh, not in my, in my experience is that uh, sometimes it can be difficult. Once it was really difficult, but uh, mostly they are really happy, and uh, when they see what we do, they kind of get this uh, feeling that they can trust us and they want to see the result. How long, roughly, did some of your projects take? Are they, you know, years and years in the making, or? You know, I imagine they quite take quite a long time from that first idea through to, you know, the first opening night. Sometimes it must be quite a long process. Of course, it depends on uh, on the project. Big theatres that have uh, financial possibilities and uh, hundreds of people working there uh, have probably, uh, yeah, it's easier for them to plan. Me as a freelancer, I have to first of all, get the foundings from the different cultural institutions. So um, it takes more or less one and a half year from the from the idea to the premiere of the performance. But uh, we have like some holes here and there because we have to first uh, write applications and get the answers and, and uh, get enough money to produce this performance. And then we start the, the whole process that is like, uh, that starts with the writing of the script, like more or less. And then we've, we, we find people we want to work with, the directors and scenographers and composers and video designers and uh, light designers and graphic designers as well. And we start to talk about it and discuss and, and the scenographer st starts to draw the, the first sketches for the scenography. We find the, we discuss what type of puppets or masks or objects uh, we would like to use in a particular perform 
performance and then we start producing the the props and scenography and uh, puppets in, in a specialized uh, workshop. So it's not me, fortunately, as I always say, because people ask me really often, is it you? Oh, these puppets, they are so nice. Did you make them yourself? Uh, and then I answer, fortunately, it wasn't me. <laughs> Well, actually, I, I I did write a question. I was I was going to try and find out whether you were. Have you seen the the film The Incredibles? Yes. And there's a character Edna Mode. She's like the fashion designer Edna Mode. And um, I was thinking like, ooh, maybe Dominica's like the Edna Mode of the puppet theater. Maybe she's got this elaborate cave, like woman cave, where she makes all these you know characters come to life and. Um, but no, it's not you, is it? It's not you. No, no, but of course there are artists that are like super skilled, you know, and uh, they do everything uh, themselves. I don't know that many of them, but I'm, I I know that there are really, really talented people that do everything themselves and they want to do it themselves because the whole project is like from the beginning, beginning to, to the end, it's like their project, like one man show solo performance but but it's not what we do no shout out to help out is here to help you inspire you perhaps motivate you we'll share some stories from the creative industries some insight maybe some advice talk nonsense talk shit talk shop then we wrap it up and we all bugger off that's generally how it goes if that sounds good with you gert ruvi no, and, and also I think a lot of what I've gathered from, well, the show that I've seen of yours and, and subsequently all of the, the images from your other performances, I mean, there's you talk about the kind of bright colours and the warmth in the stories and the shows, the scenography uh, and the sets feel quite simple but exquisitely designed like they're very carefully curated so that you have to work around your performance around the set so that it can work in collaboration with the story and puppets and you know unlike performances with just actors you know your puppets and you it's quite physical right it's it's a physical performance because you're having to do everything is that is that part of the challenge that you love is is bringing that character to life into the story on stage Exactly, exactly. So when every when everything's made, when everything's ready, waiting on the stage, and when when we are done with the uh, scenography building and puppet building, making of all the small props that we need and stuff, then it's like a lot of fun for me because I uh, I really like this big challenge because it's a it's a big challenge to do everything on the stage uh, myself but I really find it very interesting and it it gives me a lot of satisfaction when I know that like I can do everything during the 40 minutes it's only me on the stage and all the small puppets and uh, or masks or objects that uh, I have to remember where they, are, where, where they are hidden where to put them where to you know Oh, and yeah, so it, it's a big challenge, but it's a part of it and it's great. I like it. I think from, again, from, I, I come from most angles from a creative point of view, but you know, you were saying that you don't really make the, the puppets, but I guess your creative input is is part of that process of what they might look like. Would it be right in saying that what you bring to those puppets is the actual character, it's the voice, it's the movement, it's the who they are and what and how they sound uh, as much as what they look like. Someone makes them, but you actually make the character come to life. Is that? Is that a fair comment? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that before I get them, it's mostly the scenographer that has a right to decide. Of course, we, we, we talk about the 
together, but it's like, okay, this is your part. We want to have it like more or less and like go in this direction, but, but it's scenographer uh, that uh, can decide uh, most of it. But then when the puppet is ready and when I get it, then it's just me. So uh, I have to find out uh, how to move, uh, what kind of voice this particular character should have uh, and what's the like dynamics, dynamics in the body and the breathing and moving and walking and talking. So all these small elements are uh, uh, really important. And this is uh, more or less my part. Of course, sometimes we discuss it together, but it's like the first feeling you get. Do, do you ever feel like they, they're part of you? Do they feel like an extension of you after you've done the tour or you've done the show for like 30 times? Does it does it feel like they're kind of like one of your babies or something? Or? Uh, I, maybe I don't feel that they're uh, my babies, but I definitely am really, really connected with them, like mentally. So I don't have them at home. They are uh, in the storage waiting, uh, but I think about them a lot and I uh, use the voices sometimes and I uh, sometimes I say what they say to to my husband or to my son or to my friends or yeah. to someone that even doesn't know me suddenly I just speak like this puppet you know and they, they don't understand they just think oh she's crazy you know but it's funny for me so I do it sometimes but uh, yeah I I can't imagine throwing them out one day when I when this these day come these days uh, comes that I don't need them anymore I uh, I can't imagine throwing them not at all so I don't know they will stay with me forever do you think that they may be all in storage just having a party game when is she coming back <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that actually. Now this <laughs> is it. Is it making you feel sad now? You thinking, oh, I'm such a bad mother. I've left them all in storage. Yeah, in a way, in a way, you can say so. Yeah, yeah, because we travel together. You know, we play together, and uh, yeah, they are a big part of my life because this is it's like everything for me. So, uh, so they are absolutely really important. So I, I have a friend uh, here in the UK who is a TV news reporter, and he tells me. About about uh he has a reoccurring nightmare um when he's on camera and he's in his nightmare he's he's on camera or he's in a radio studio and he's forgotten all of his lines and he's trying to remember them or he's naked do, do you have any reoccurring nightmares about performing on stage or is that like a burden of you know live, working on the stage do you have any kind of reoccurring nightmares like that I've had uh, some of them, but I really don't remember exactly what it was. So I don't think they were so spooky if I if I don't remember. So, but I dream really, really often about people I work with and about yeah, and about uh, so I dream about the whole process or rehearsals or, or or things like this. But yeah, and these dreams sometimes I I remember. But actually, I don't have like these nightmares that are connected to me being on stage fortunately maybe again <laughs> i think that's probably a good thing but um and, and my last question probably an obvious one but actually i've got two questions the first one is do you have a favorite puppet or a puppet film and if so who is it and why like a character or could be anything uh i'm this kind of person that it's not like oh this is my favorite movie or this is my favorite favorite actor or this is my favorite this and that so i always think like more general that things that that inspire me or uh, yeah performances or movies that inspire me 
I really like films that create this extraordinary world, uh, focusing on the visual side and with like a bit of caricature of a man and reality. So it can be movies for grown-ups, it can be uh, family movies and very often animation movies, you know, with surprising costumes, faces and uh, characters. And this is what I think, again, this type of cinema is really close to the theater that we create and performances that we create so again it's really sad that people choose cinema and then and not uh, theater but uh of course, I, I love Wes Anderson or, and Tim Burton or uh, Jim Henson. It's like my childhood, of course, or The Wizard of Oz by Richard Thorpe, right? So all these actually films that uh, everybody knows. If you were or could be a puppet of any shape or size, what would you be? How would you sound? Uh, what would be your unique thing or your move? I'm sure you thought about this a lot, right? Actually not, because I think that... There are so many really cool types of puppets and they can be really different from each other that I can't again say that this is the one. So uh, I could uh, see myself being like this big unformed kind of uh, human being made out of sponge or something <laughs> like in Duda Paiva's performances. Or, uh, or I. You know what? I think maybe, maybe we, maybe we've discovered, you know, your next show after you've done your uh, penguin, the uh, three six five, three hundred and sixty five penguin. Maybe your next show is like a take on Toy Story, but puppet story, and it's all of your puppets escaping from your evil storage unit. <laughs> yes. Or I could actually be one of, of the characters from uh, my performances because I uh, feel so close to them. So as I said, sometimes I just do things that they do or say things that they say. I, and, but and there is one thing I, I, I can definitely say that I wouldn't like to be a marionette because I really don't like this type of uh, puppets, uh, even if they uh, maybe look interesting and nice and it's maybe interesting uh, to watch, to look. But uh, I really don't like it. So I don't want to be a marionette. Maybe, that, maybe that's why, because I don't like when people tell me what to do. Trying to find you. Where is she? Oh, bless them. She left us. That could, that could be your next movie. Yeah, I will think about it. This can we do. Yeah, 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 we can do this. I'll be artistic director of, of one of the characters. Or I could do the voice for one. You can do the voices. I know you can. Absolutely. to uh, a segment we like to call Power of Three. Here I hand over the airways to Dominica to share three topics that are important to her. Uh, one minute per item, three minutes in total, no more, no less, no exceptions. After 60 seconds, you'll hear this sound. Next! Meaning you must move on. And when your three minutes are up, you'll hear this sound. Shut it! Which means your time is firmly up. So, Dominica, <laughs> you have three minutes. Your first minute starts um, as soon as I've got my timer on. Now. Okay. So, number one is passions. Uh, my passion is definitely my work and uh, it's really great because I know that there are many people that hate their jobs and uh, then they have to find hobbies and passions. So, my biggest passion is absolutely what I do, uh, the theatre and of course film and uh, helping my son with Polish language, teaching him to read, how to read and to write and to talk. And uh, I love it. I think it's uh, really nice for both of us. 
Blah, 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 blah. It's not even one minute. <laughs> next. Next. Okay, next. It's hobbies. I love sport and I love jogging and uh, I've been jogging for many years now and like I do it three or four times a week and uh, this physical activity is really important for me because I feel much better like both in my mind and in my body uh, so actually physical activity is my hobby skiing biking jogging jumping dancing and listening to the music so uh yeah i love to get i love getting this uh, inspiration from uh, from the surroundings and from the nature thank you norway <laughs> next and next is uh like advice for those that would like to work in a puppet theater or get into puppets and performing arts uh, yeah, first of all, it's uh, the most important thing for me is to find the best people to work with. And uh, yeah, don't think you know it all best yourself. Uh, seek advice, uh, seek expertise, and um, uh, think product before your own ego, maybe. Uh, and uh, yeah, go to school, go to workshops, uh, meet people, and uh, don't always trust yourself. Shut it! Thank you very much. That's that's your three things. Perfect, lovely advice. We we move swiftly onto our penultimate phase, which is just a bit of housework. If there's anything like a new show coming up you want to plug, that uh, probably won't be out by the time I get this podcast out. But um, one lasting piece of advice, if not, have you have you got any last remarks, pearls of wisdom, or or perhaps a plug for a show that you're uh, about to do? Uh, we are work, working on a new show now, but we don't even know the title or the story, so uh, you have to wait a bit. <laughs> I, I do. It's, it's called Puppet Story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so now, you know, now, now it's corona, corona everywhere. So, actually, uh, we have to wait. It's uh, really difficult to say. Maybe we are in Poland in June. Maybe we are in Poland on the theatre festival in July and in August. Uh, and uh, maybe we, we are here and there in the autumn. There are some, uh, some plans, but uh, we haven't signed any contracts yet. So... Check our website, because if something appears, it will appear on the website. And what is the website? Of course, it's www.openwindowtheatre.com. Thank you very much. This is our final segment. Uh, it's the one we like to call In Conclusion. I think we've all learned an awful lot here today. It turns out that... Uh, one meter 52 centimeters may not be tall enough for an actor um but it is tall enough to be a puppet master language is the most important thing i've written here go to the theater more and if you choose to go to the cinema you're sad that's our show thanks to dominica thanks for coming on and being here absolutely thank you and and thanks to last but not least to our listeners and catch more episodes of shout out to help out on shoutouttohelpout.org be safe be well be gone bye bye Shut it!